0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pancreas on Strike. Today, we will be discussing stereotypes associated with diabetes. Now, with any condition, there are always going to be people who, for some unknown reason, like to make things up or exaggerate things. Sometimes these are those who are diabetic and are looking for attention. And sometimes these are people who actually don't know anything about diabetes. We are going to be going over many stereotypes from all around. Comment the one that frustrates you the most on the podcast. Starting with diabetes stigma, this is defined as a negative attitude, judgment, discrimination, or prejudice against someone because of their diabetes. It comes from the false idea that people with diabetes made unhealthy food and lifestyle choices, which resulted in their diagnosis. This affects diabetics because those experiencing stigma and discrimination can can lead to issues with self-care and self-esteem. This can lead to even more complications with diabetes or their overall health. For example, say someone was embarrassed to take insulin or give themselves a shot in public, and usually they go to the bathroom to privately give themselves medication. They go to a restaurant that doesn't have a public bathroom or the bathroom is broken. So the diabetic decides they're just not gonna correct for anything that they eat because they're embarrassed. This can lead to DKA, or high glucose levels. So let's start with the myths. Myth 1. People with type 2 diabetes cause their disease. One of the most difficult stereotypes that is often associated with type 2, but can be associated with type 1 diabetes, is that those who have the condition brought it upon themselves. This is simply not correct. I can tell you with almost 100% certainty that no diabetic out there has thought, I'm really glad I gave myself diabetes. I'm really glad I have to wake up multiple times during the night to correct. No one says that. I have already spoken about the mental toll that this condition takes on those who have it, so I can tell you no one wishes for it. Now, the fact of it. While lifestyle factors such as physical activity and weight may increase the risk of developing type 2 diabetes, age, race, and genetics also play a huge role. Mothers who have gestational diabetes caused by pregnancy hormones also have a bigger chance of developing the condition. Myth 2. You became diabetic because you ate too much sugar and you cannot eat sugar. I kind of combined these two into one myth. I know many people that think diabetes was caused by eating too much sugar. While diabetes is continuously being researched, doctors know that diabetes is not caused by this. This myth can also lead to diabetes police. I appreciate that my friends and family are looking out for me. However, like I said last episode, I have a mom. While that woman is absolutely amazing, I wholeheartedly believe That you can't be her, so I don't need you to try to be her. When I lived in Wisconsin with my mother, there was a family friend who came up for her birthday. And this family friend stayed on me constantly about where my sugars were at, why they were like that, what needed to be done, and what I was doing wrong. Now, this friend is not a nurse. She is not a doctor. She was not in the medical field. And not even my mother, who has lived with me throughout this entire experience from diagnosis to now, was saying was not saying something to me. It got to a point where my mother had to step in and tell her to stop. I remember her telling her she's lived with this long enough, she knows what she's supposed to do, and you don't see me freaking out about it talking about herself. So you don't need to freak out about it. I was already feeling bad about where my sugars were at, so I didn't need the added, quote-unquote, expertise. I even had a boss who got everyone else cupcakes but got me sugar-free candy because she said, Oh, well, I know you can't eat sugar, so I still wanted to get you something. She was also someone who always asked me if I should be eating that whenever I ate literally anything. Like, again, I appreciate the concern. And I'm not trying to sound ungrateful, but I've lived with this at that point for 17 years. I have a pretty good understanding of what I can and cannot have. Myth 3. Type 2 diabetes can be cured permanently. According to Jocelyn Diabetes Center, the good news for type 1 and type 2 patients is that if insulin, medication, weight loss, Physical activity and changes in eating result in normal blood sugar. That means the diabetes is well controlled and the risk of developing diabetes complications is much lower. But it doesn't mean that their diabetes has gone away. Type 2 is progressive and sometimes requires more medications or a higher dose than what you were originally assigned or given at the time that you were diagnosed. Now, let's talk about where people are getting this information from. The number one source is the media. I used to always say that the only diabetes commercials that were out there were the ones talking about type 2. So I feel that not a lot of people know about type 1 because type 2 is the main source for these commercials about how... Losing weight, or eating healthy, or going on this diet can potentially cure your diabetes. I have just recently started seeing commercials that also either define what type of diabetes they're talking about, or list type 1 specifically. Seeing commercials that aren't specific enough when it comes to diabetes is what is continuing these harsh narratives and harsh stereotypes that all diabetes can be cured, and that the cure is, quote-unquote, very simple. In reality, this isn't true at all. There have been many content creators with the ever-growing technological advancements and community that is available through the internet. Most times, these diabetics are getting told that if they would, quote, get off the couch and do something, end quote, then their diabetes would be cured. It's not always about being active or looking a type of way. Like, look at celebrity Nick Jonas. He has diabetes, and he is quote-unquote fit. I'm not saying that he is. I'm not saying that he isn't. But he would be defined as fit by society's standards. The second source for this misinformation is, believe it or not, Healthcare professionals. Healthcare professionals are also a source of negative feelings and stigma. Participants in this study reported their doctors focused on what the patients did wrong. Now, if any of you listened to the last episode, I literally speak about how I had a doctor who would only focus on the negatives and focus on what I was doing incorrectly or what I wasn't doing. They wanted more encouraging behavior and helpful tips on how to improve. Patients instead reporting feeling discouraged and judged. One reason for this that people can see is that those with type two diabetes, quote unquote, tend to be obese. And we still think of obesity as a self-created illness caused by eating too much or too little exercise. This comes from Dr. Sanjay Gupta. The third source for misinformation is family, friends, and colleagues. Despite having the best intention, friends and family may be hurtful and judgmental. People with type 2 described behavior as unhelpful, annoying, or discouraging and found it harmful, judgmental, and interfering. I have had multiple family members say that they could never live the life the way that I do and they could never do what I do. And the reply from both my mother and myself is always, you would if you had to. I don't make the choice to stick myself with needles or to live my life constantly thinking about how this one action will affect the next five minutes of my life, because I want to. I do all of these because I have to. I have said I have a major fear of needles, but if it absolutely came down to it, I would stick myself with a needle if I had to because sometimes it's literally a matter of life or death and while the death may not occur right away, it can be very quick. The fourth source of misinformation is significant others and dating. I had an ex who was fine. She was learning about diabetes and we were just doing things our way. Until so they got into the medical field, and then once they did, all of a sudden they were always on my case about everything about how I need to get better control of my sugars or I'll have to end up on dialysis. And while this is understandable, because many diabetics or most diabetics do end up on dial- dialysis, granted. My sugars are a lot more controlled now than they were two years ago, but sometimes your glucose just kind of does what it wants. Diabetes can also impact more intimate situations when it comes to couples, but a lot of times diabetics cause arguments or cause hardships on the couple and their children or their families because they feel this interference or this harmful kind of approach i'm not gonna lie i'm worried about my next relationship because i have no idea what this person is going to think of when i tell them i'm diabetic i struggle with confidence issues sometimes but diabetes is an area where it's difficult to talk about with someone who is going to be in your life more than here and there And unlike many health conditions, diabetes is managed mostly by the person with diabetes. To better understand this, imagine riding a bicycle. The bicycle, like diabetes management, will successfully get from point A to point B by the person, someone with diabetes, pedaling it. Now imagine that this person is going up a steep hill. The steep hill here is the experience of diabetes stigma. The person pedaling, or the person with diabetes, must work much harder to get to their destination. Being able to remove the stigma barrier for people with diabetes can make their journey to successfully manage their diabetes much easier. What people with diabetes want you to know is that blaming or shaming a diabetic is not helpful. Instead, show empathy and be a source of encouragement a little support and understanding can go a long way. Managing diabetes is a full time job. There is no clocking out with diabetes or switching a shift schedule with someone. Day-to-day care for diabetics means monitoring blood sugar, blood pressure, cholesterol, meal plans, and keeping up with doctor's appointments. It's a lot. Also, Diabetes can be so expensive. People with diabetes spend twice as much money on health care than someone who is not a diabetic. With diabetes supplies, doctor's visits, and medicines, the cost of diabetes can cause a mental and financial strain. The fact that diabetes was discovered and sold to pharmaceutical companies for $1 and it is now $300 a vial, is absolutely insane. I know I have some audience or some listeners on here that are not in the United States, so this is all in United States currency. My pump infusion sets are $600 for a 90-day supply. While that may not sound bad, If you're already struggling financially with other things that are not diabetic related, this just adds an additional strain. And Dexcoms without insurance are over $1,000 just for a 30-day supply. And that's not including the transmitter or that little computer part that actually keeps track of what your glucose is. I'm not going to lie, before I got the insurance plan that I have now, luckily they cover Dexcoms because it is seen as quote-unquote preventative medicine, so they cover it at 100%. Before I was insured with them, I used to cry every time I had to get Dexcoms. Lastly, support matters. Letting a diabetic know that you're there for them can make a huge difference. I did notice when talking about burnout, um, the part of the episode did get cut off. But I want to say, for those who support and care for the diabetics in their life, whether your friends, family, spouses, whatever the case may be, thank you. In this podcast, I'm not trying to say that you simply checking on a diabetic is going to instantly infuriate them. We appreciate genuine questions. genuine concerns like when some of my family members were first learning about diabetes they would ask can she have that back then it wasn't bad natured because they just didn't know this is why it is so important to educate people but for those who stay up at 3 a.m with us because our sugars aren't under control for those that have seen us get sick, or pass out, or those that have sat in the hospital with us, thank you. Genuinely, thank you. Now, I also want to keep it real. I always try to keep it real on this podcast, because I have seen that there are a few podcasts out there relating to diabetes. However, some of them, not all, some of them are about sponsorships. They'll give you quote-unquote product reviews, but they'll always say good things about the products that sponsor them. Or they're more about those stereotypes about, oh, well, losing weight. Oh, well, this is what I did to cure my diabetes. No hate to any of those creators because we all do it differently. Like I've said, my point in this podcast is educating Obviously, I'm going to throw in my own opinion sometimes, especially when I do the episode on pump specifics between the Medtronic, the Omnipod, and the Tandem, and there are going to be times that I throw in my own stories, as we've seen before, but nine times out of ten, I try to just spread awareness, but this is where I'm getting really real. For those of you that are new to the diabetic world, I want you to really listen. I used to be so ashamed of being diabetic. I used to hide who I was. And I have had doctors and people tell me, oh, well you're not a diabetic, you're just someone with diabetes. Now if that's your thought process, absolutely, do you, but this is my thought process. Everybody says, oh, well, diabetes isn't your personality. You're still you. But what they don't understand is that every decision we make kind of refers back to diabetes. Oh, you want to spend an extra 30 minutes at the gym? You better make sure your glucose is going to be under control and you're not going to have a drop. Oh, you want to go off and, you know, stay at the pool for three hours? You better make sure you have some type of treatment plan with you. Every decision we make revolves around diabetes. So saying, oh, well, diabetes isn't your personality. You're still you. I mean, that is absolutely true. You are still 100% you. I'm going to just name off random names. Um, But you are still Christina. You are still Greg. You are still Amanda. You are still Sam you are still you. You still have your personality. Whether you like to read books, whether you like to watch movies, whether you're more athletic, whether you're not, you are still 100% you. And while you don't have to always look at diabetes as your entire personality, it's still a big part of your life. Don't be ashamed to be diabetic. Don't be ashamed to be you. Be your most authentic self. And you know what? Even though you can't really get a break from diabetes, if you want to take a few moments or a little bit of time and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go swimming for an hour and a half. I'm not going to worry about my sugar. I'm, you know, going to play an extra round of tennis or football. Not going to worry about my sugar. You can absolutely do that. With diabetes, I feel that one of the most important things that people need to know is we can still do everything other people do. We can still play those sports. We can still go to that movie. We can still have cake at this person's birthday. We can still do all of this. So it's important for you to be yourself. And you know what? If you're like, me being myself is 50% doing just random things and 50% diabetes, then that's you. Don't ever be afraid to be who you are.